Hello and welcome to European Pharmaceutical Reviews podcast supported by BioMeriU. In this episode, we'll be discussing the evolving needs of quality control for cell and gene therapies and how they can support the scale-up of manufacturing processes. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Felix Montero-Julian, the Scientific Director for the Healthcare Business of BioMeriU, and Thomas Jones, Cell and Gene Therapy Senior Business Director of BioMeriU. My name is Caroline Peachy. I'm the editor of European Pharmaceutical Review, and I will be your host today. In this episode, we'll be discussing how rapid QT testing solutions play a vital role in ensuring a safe and efficient final product, but also in supporting the development of the cell and gene therapy market and scale-up of manufacturing. Hi, Felix and Tom. Thank you for joining me today. So to start off, Tom, could you tell me briefly about your current role and your industry experience? Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Tom Jones. I've been working at BioMeriU as the Cell and Gene Therapy Senior Director for the last two years. I am responsible for the Cell and Gene Therapy Portfolio Strategy uh, with a focus on innovative quality control technologies for cell and gene therapy manufacturing processes. Before that, I worked in strategic business intelligence at Thermo Fisher Scientific as part of their CDMO unit Patheon, where I helped in the CDMO units entry into the cell and gene therapy space uh, with additions of cell manufacturing, viral vector manufacturing, and plasmid manufacturing capabilities. Uh, Really happy to be here and talk about the importance of innovative QC tests for the cell and gene therapy space. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Tom, for that introduction. And it sounds like you're really well placed to provide some insights on the developments in cell and gene therapies. So to start off with then, Tom, What's new in the cell and gene therapy landscape? Well, for me, the most exciting thing is the rapid approval we are seeing for new indications and the expansion to second line uh, use for existing cell therapy products. I think um, many of us in the industry thought we would eventually see earlier line use, but the fact that today we already have uh, Yescarda and Brianzi approved for second line use is really fantastic. These are no longer treatments of last resort. The efficacy of these treatments and and the regulatory authorities' acknowledgement of that efficacy really bodes well for the future of the space, and studies are already underway for frontline use. This will mean a really rapid rise in patients treated with these therapies. I think Kite alone has announced they are looking to treat 25,000 patients a year by 2025. So if you add to that, I think the Alliance for Regenerative Medicine forecast for regulatory decisions on 17 new cell and gene therapy products by the end of 2023, you can see the potential for an explosion in the number of the patients that could be treated with these therapies. This ramp up is really exciting. So Felix, a question for you as the scientific director for the healthcare business at BioMeriU. How are companies planning to ramp up the production to treat these patients? Yes. Hi, Caroline. Hi, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here and be part of this podcast today. So what we are seeing in this segment, in this field, is really the different ways to make these products available to patients. The first one is, and there is a massive investment today in three main different access. So today, these products are manufactured using what we call a centralized manufacturing, in which all products are manufactured in one single place. 
But this brings obviously challenge, you know, because you may have the throughput, but you cannot distribute all these around the world. So companies are building facilities in different parts in res to response to the demands and make these great products available to, to patients. The second part is this decentralization. So bringing the manufacturing to the sites where are really needed, in that case, to the hospitals. And we have seen many companies trying to integrate these manufacturing processes in order to make these products available quickly. And the other part is the integration of all manufacturing processes in a box. And one of the companies that started to do that is Milteni Biotech. And other companies are already working on it to make this a box, let's say, all fully integrated systems like a resilience of Solaris. And, and the other modality that companies are working on is to reduce the lead time, right? So today, the manufacturing of these autolog products that uh, Tom mentioned takes about three to four weeks. Since the time the leucapheresis products are getting from patients, until the, the same patient is infused with the CAR-T products in that case. So companies are trying to reduce these lead times going from three weeks to one week or even few days, you know. And for example, Novartis is working in what they call D-Charge. And there is other companies like Gracel also pushing for reduction of these timelines. And the last innovation that is progressing is the in vivo CAR T manufacturing, right? So using a recombinant mRNA, uh, the same technology that was used for the COVID-19 vaccine, now in that case is used to generate some CAR T's in a more straightforward way, in vivo, and making these, yeah, these products available to treat the, the, the high number of patients. However, something that is important to keep in mind here is that whatever the process, all these products need to be QC, quality control, right? So, and the quality control is playing a major role in uh, the availability of these products to, to patients. So everything related to quality control needs to be developed. And this is what Biomario is trying to do in with the research and development teams too. Yeah, it's clear that quality control then has a role outside of the safety. Mm -hmm. Tom, a question for you. What quality control tests do these new manufacturing methods that Felix has mentioned, what, what do they impact? What kinds of tests? Well, I would say quite honestly, all of them. Uh, cell therapy products need the full range of safety, environmental, and cellular quality attribute tests. Safety testing includes things like sterility, mycoplasma testing, and endotoxin testing to ensure a product is not contaminated. In addition, the, the cellular attribute testing actually checks that the cell themselves are meeting the, the, the quality targets. So things like identity, viability, and potency tests are all critical to help ensure that patients are getting dosed with the right amount of the right type of cells. If you think of the, the complexity of cells compared to a, a small molecule or, or even traditional biologics, these tests really face far greater challenges and they require different technologies and innovative solutions. And how do these tests need to be adapted for new manufacturing processes? They do need a variety of adaptations to support new cell therapy manufacturing processes. Probably the most pressing need now 
is to increase the speed of these tests. Autologous CAR-T uh, patients are often really sick and they need their treatments as soon as possible. And so as these manufacturing processes that Felix talked about speed up, quality control can actually be the holdup. So depending on the process, sterility testing is often on the critical path. Many of the traditional tests are based on solutions to develop for applications that were really less time sensitive and they don't meet the needs of cell and gene therapy manufacturers. We are proud at, at BMRU about the the impact that, that our solution, Bacti-Alert, has had on the cell and gene therapy industry. It's really helped drop rapid sterility time to results down to, to seven days and even five days or below for certain applications. However, that said, there's still a the need to go quicker, you know, down to two days and below. And that requires further innovation to keep quality control at pace with the rapid improvements in, in manufacturing time. Fantastic. Well, yeah, as you said, it's critical to deliver these therapies to patients as quickly as possible. Felix, a question for you. Um, what is BioMariu doing to improve the time to result for the future? Yeah, so BioMariu has a portfolio of technologies that has been used for infection uh, disease diagnostics, but also in the industry in general. And the cell and gene therapy field have a specific needs in terms of speed, volume of samples that needs to be treated. So when we talk about cell and gene therapy, we are talking about hundreds of milliliters of finished products, right? So these products are so precious that all the new QC methods, QC technologies, needs to work with the right sensitivity to meet the regulatory requirements, but also using the minimum amount of products, right? So because the products, we want to keep the products available, the maximum of them, to treat the patients. So Biomario uh, in our, and our research teams are working in the miniaturization and picking up the time to resolve for different, different technologies. For example, as uh, Tom mentioned briefly, the mycoplasma detection today is really cumbersome. So the pharmacopoeia chapters describe the detection of mycoplasma in 28 days. That is absolutely incompatible with the speed that is required for the cell therapy products. So the nuclear acid testing is one of the means that are used to speed up the detection of mycoplasma in these products. But even though today the current mycoplasma detection or the mycoplasma assays are very cumbersome, they need to have different space, it takes time, people need to be fully trained. You know, we have, we need some, sometimes PhDs running these assays. And what we are trying to do is really bring in these assays in a more straightforward way. So you don't need to uh, to have high skilled trained people to run the assay, and this is what we de why we developed the BioFire Mycoplasma system based in a current technology that Biomary have in a use broadly in the diagnostic settings, and uh, we are able to reach the level of sensitivity required by the, the regulatory authorities that is 10 to 10 CFUs per ml in less than one hour with a very simple system in which everything is contained in a pouch. It's a lab in a pouch and uh, very simple to use. 
10 minutes uh, sample prep and two minutes have some time to, to develop the assay. This is one example. And the other example is the sterility testing. So we have some technologies uh, in-house that allows to detect microexpressing in cellular samples in less than six hours. So we are working on it very actively because we believe that this can make a big difference in the way these products are controlled and making available faster to, uh, to treat the patients. As Tom mentioned, so today the autologous uh, approaches, so the same sample from the donors are used to, uh, to treat the, the patients, and, uh, and sometimes these patients are in very critical shape. So every day counts uh, really to, uh, to keep these patients alive. Absolutely. And it's clear, you know, you mentioned that time's result is a major consideration for getting these therapies to patients quickly. Um, so question for you, to Tom, you know, is time to result the only consideration for effective cell and gene therapy quality control or are there other factors to consider? Um, well, you know, time to result is, is really important, as Felix was describing. But another attribute that might even be more important is the need for simple-to-use solutions, you know, easy-to-use solutions. We constantly hear from customers about the challenges they have with talent constraints. As we've described, the field is booming and there is fierce competition for QC talent. I think, you know, companies, our clients face high turnover and the lack of sufficient skilled personnel to perform complex QC testing. Many of these tests that were, you know, are, are more suited to an R&D lab rather than the manufacturing floor. So as the number of patients we've described grows and the, the batches grow with them, um, this talent crunch is really going to threaten the growth of the industry. So. A key solution to this you know, talent constraint is to make the, the QC tests themselves easier to use. You know, deep training is not required to perform them. This allows one team member to perform maybe a range of different tests that kind of reduces the mon monotony of, of the job. And it also shortens the time it takes to train new team members. And kind of as a, a an additional benefit of, of these easier to use uh, tests, that lessening of, of complexity reduces the chance for errors. Um, so you wind up, you know, not only alleviating some of your talent constraints, but also getting to a, a more consistent QC process. Absolutely. Uh, talent and, uh, you know, getting the skilled people is an issue across the pharmaceutical sector. So Felix, you know, what solutions are available to address these, these talent concerns, constraints? Yeah, so one of the main methodologies or the assets that are cumbersome to make is molecular, right? PCR is difficult, is sometimes is challenging. You need to take so many precautions to avoid contaminations with amplicons and to avoid any uh, false positive results or false negative results, right? So, and they need to have, as I mentioned also, specific areas, a specific lab to perform this kind of test. High skilled trained people for mycoplasma. This is one of the, uh, the solutions we are addressing that is with BioFire mycoplasma. So a lab in a pouch. And also another uh, solutions uh, we are partnering with some uh, companies like Axelix in which they also bring a more easy to use solutions for flow cytometry. Flow cytometry is a key technology 
for the quality control of these cell therapy products because they allow us to look at the, the purity, they allow us to look at how the cells, health cells, it can allow us also to count the cells, to look at what is the level of expression of card at the cell surface, but also what is the percentage of different superpopulation of T cells, CD3, CD4, CD3, CD8, what are the contaminants, potential contaminants in terms of other cells, like monocytes, macrophages, etc. So, and this technology today is, like it is, is, is also very complex to set. And uh, Axelix developed a portable flow cytometer with a cartridge very similar to the mycoplasma that we developed that allows to run the assays very simple and, and reducing the needs for high-skilled trained people. And it's really adapted to the manufacturing floor and the equipment floor that is really required to push the technology uh, further. Amazing. And you've touched on it already with flow cytometry, but I've got another a question for you, Tom. Like beyond molecular, you know, where do you see the need for simplification to alleviate these talent constraints? Could you elaborate? I'd like to build off what Felix was mentioning. I, I think those cellular quality attribute tests are, are really especially you know, cumbersome and difficult for cell therapy products. So identity, viability, phenotype are all critical tests. And really, you know, up until now, what has been the gold standard there is traditional flow cytometry. But traditional flow cytometers are by no means simple, and they are, uh, require an extremely dedicated, highly trained workforce to operate. These are really R&D instruments, and they are not suited for the you know, manufacturing shop floor in any way. So Felix mentioned our partnership with Excelix, and it's, I think, a great partnership because I think their technology really has a, a chance to, to accelerate the testing of these cellular quality attributes. I think it's you know, a purpose-driven machine, let's say, with, that is designed to be used in, in the manufacturing shop floor. And so when you have a cartridge-based system and user-friendly algorithms um, that can do a lot of this, what was used to be manual analysis, all automated, you greatly simplify the testing. Literally, you know, with this machine, you can train someone in an, in an hour to use it, and it can start giving you re results in, in as little as 30 minutes. So, you know, innovation like this really gives an opportunity to kind of accelerate the whole cell therapy manufacturing process and get drugs back into patients faster. And in the end, we'll, we'll save lives. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, it's clear that there's some real benefits um, to accelerating it with these kind of cartridge-based technologies. So, Felix, I'm curious, mm -hmm. um, is environmental control subject to these same constraints? Yes, absolutely. Um, all these products are manufactured under GMP, right? So it may be surprising because we are talking about TOSAN for patients. So because each patient is a batch, the number of environmental controls increasing. So having automated integrated solutions to handle plates, and more importantly, to handle the data that are generated, is super important. Hassel therapy manufacturers move from hundred to from hundreds of patients to thousands. So search for better ways to perform the environmental control is critical here. And our company is also 
investing in this in this particular area. Uh, environmental control is part of the QC, it's part of the release batch, and needs to be also included here. And Tom, a question for you, like looking at the robustness of this process, you know, how confident are we about the robustness? Yeah, I think uh, it's improving greatly. I think on the manufacturing side, there's an emphasis on keeping systems interconnected and closed so that they reduce the uh, the risk of contamination. Um, you can see that whether it's kind of all-in-one systems like the Milteni Prodigy or the uh, Lanza Cocoon, um, but you can also see it in, in more flexible modular systems that all are now being interconnected to reduce contamination risk. So I think that there's real progress on that front. On the QC test side, I think one of the key areas is the ability of these tests to deal with different types of matrices. You know, the cell therapies are, are not all the same. There's many different flavors. And if you can build quality control tests that are flexible enough to deal with a wide variety of matrices, that means you'll be going to you know, regulatory authorities with a test that they've seen before, maybe with a different cell type or with a different type of sample. And so that will, I think, build confidence with those authorities and help move things along as far as the, the approval process and, and getting these uh, QC tests incorporated into a successful manufacturing approach. Of course, and we've we've seen you know developments on the regulatory side um, recently, but there of course are unknowns. Felix, a question for you: What are the big unknowns? So, as we mentioned, this is a, a new field, so it's evolving, and one of the unknowns is also how readily regulatory agencies and pharmacopoeias will be to accept these new modalities these new ways of testing and so on. And how these regulatory agencies and pharmacopoeias will accept uh, uh, more risk-based approaches, right? So based on the, on the needs for, uh, for easy and rapid availability of these products for patients. So patients' need is really forcing the function here. And, uh, and I think that the regulatory agencies and the different pharmacopoeias that are driving how these products are controlled and manufacturing is to, to evolve at, at the same time as the field is, is moving forward. Of course, and it's clear, like as Tom mentioned at the beginning, that this is a really growing market and it's being driven, you know, the regulatory side is being driven by the needs. Um, so mm -hmm. we've had a really great discussion today. I just wondered, have you guys got any closing thoughts? Yeah, well, I think as we look to the future, some of these things we talked about, like uh, expansion of indications and, you know, second line use, it's really just the, the tip of the iceberg. I, we, we see reports of CAR T's being used for more than just, you know, oncology indications, for example, like going after, you know, immune diseases and, and other cell therapies targeting cardiac uh, indications. So this, and even in the, in the oncology, you know, there's plenty of research going into approaches to attack solid tumors. So this kind of explosion we've seen in the number of patients is only going to increase. And so we're really happy to be part of the, the quality control efforts in this space because, you know, 
in order to treat all these patients, we need to be able to speed the process, but also to alleviate some of the talent constraints, all these things that, that, that can speed the process and reduce um, the need for dedicated talent. That's going to reduce the cost of these therapies and, and allow more of these therapies to be manufactured but by reducing their cost, also making them available to, to, to more folks and not just in the most, you know, the folks with the most affluent healthcare uh, systems, but start to expand it more broadly because it, it really is a, a new modality in the space. And we need to make sure that the benefits of this technology spread and impact as many patients as possible. Fantastic. And Felix, for you, you know, what are the the key points for you, the key takeaways from today? I think that Tom mentioned really the, the revolution that we are observing and living and, and being part of that. So the way patients are treated now is, is evolving. There are now CAR-Ts for uh, autoimmune diseases, for cardiac, etc. So we will see the expansion of the use of these products for different other uh, conditions and also different kind of cells. You know, uh, we talk today about T-cells, but there is also a lot of worry in NK cells, inducible pluripotent stem cells, iPSCs, and, um, and others. And one common point here is really the need for appropriate analytical methods. Analytical methods are everything to control these products. And uh, there is still a real need there, as we mentioned during this podcast. And I think that we will see that evolving. This is the future of medicine uh, without hesitation. There is still a lot to do, a lot to understand the mechanism of action of these products. Today, most of the products in the market are for hematological malignancies. So there is still a lot of work needs to be done in solid tumors, solid cancer, in which the, the patients can still benefit of this of this therapy. So stay tuned. I think that the the market, the technology, the science is evolving faster, and we'll we will see and we are living extraordinary moments in this particular area. Thank you. And absolutely, as you've said, let's watch this space. Let's keep track of the developments with quality control. As you mentioned, number one, to get products to market safely and more quickly, but also to address the talent constraints which are impacting the pharmaceutical sector across the board. Unfortunately, that's all we'll have time to discuss today. Thank you both for sharing your insights on the evolving needs of quality control for cell and gene therapies. On behalf of European Pharmaceutical Review, Biomerieu, Thomas Jones and Felix Montero Julian, thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us for our next episode.